I want to welcome you into the Sunday preaching podcast of the Point Church located in beautiful Perdido Key, Florida. I'm Tim Coleman, the senior pastor, and we believe strongly in the expositional preaching of God's Word that builds our faith and grows us up in Christ. I'm glad you're either downloading the sermon or listening live to our service, and I pray that this message is a help to you on your journey of faith. Now join me as we get to the point. Amen. What a powerful, powerful song. Grab your Bible this morning and go with me to Luke chapter 2. Will you do that real quick? Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to pick out just a few verses right in the middle of the Christmas story, verses 8 through 14, and we're going to continue uh, for a few minutes talking about what we've sang about uh, today, and that is Christmas joy. Christmas joy. I hope that when you came in, you uh, grabbed a communion cup out of the basket. We'll be taking that in just a minute, as well as on Thursday night. And so uh, we'll enjoy a moment at the table together. Don't forget, before I forget, Miss Karen has prepared some some goodies for the kids today. So we want all the kids to grab that, parents, before you leave. All right? Christmas joy. Hey, let me ask you something. A few minutes ago, you were singing the words... Joy, unspeakable joy, overflowing from my soul like a well. I want to ask you, are you really living that way today? Could you describe your Christian walk today as an overflow of the joy of the Lord? Today's Advent theme is joy, and certainly we find that in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, Verses 8 through 14. Will you look at it with me? In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. And they were keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. Here it is, verse number 10. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. I want to go back to verse number 10. I want you to look up on the screen, and I want you to say it with me. All right, here we go, verse number 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Luke 2.10, how many of you were struggling quoting that because you memorized it in the King James, right? I'm going to raise both of my hands. We're talking today about good news that brings great joy. Oh God, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, move in this room right now. There is fear, there is anxiety, there is worry, There is concern, and some of that is legitimate because we live in this sin-cursed, broken, 
messed up, mixed up world. Remind us today that the devil can do nothing about our eternal salvation, but he can sure make us miserable on the journey. Because he's a thief, he's a robber and a liar. Jesus, remind us today of why you came. You came to bring hope. You came to bring love. And today, you came to bring us joy. Teach us now, Holy Spirit, what joy is. And may we live a life that really is overflowing. I pray for the sinner that's nearest hell. There may be someone here today that has never acknowledged that they're a sinner, believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, confessed their sin, or confessed Jesus as Lord. May they do that today. Holy Spirit, open their eyes, remove the scales, open their heart. May they experience Christmas joy today. For the Christian that needs to be reminded and lifted up, I pray that that would happen in these moments. And I pray this in Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. The great thinker and theologian C.S. Lewis said that joy is the serious business of heaven. If that is true, I need to remind you today that business is good. There is joy that comes from the Lord. That's why we sang about it just a few minutes ago. Our Christmas songs talk about how joy has come to the world. Isaac Watts wrote many years ago in that Christian hymn. You do know that Christ came so that a broken, frustrated, sin-cursed, confused people might live on this earth and survive and function and have joy while doing it. Karl Barth, the 20th century theologian, was writing about joy in the Bible, and he said, it's astonishing how many references there are in both the Old Testament and the New Testament to delight and joy and bliss and, and exaltation and merrymaking and rejoicing. And he noted how emphatically the Bible commands from the book of Psalms on into the New Testament to the book of Philippians that Christians are to live in joy. I'll point out that passage in Philippians chapter 4 in just a minute that is the joy passage of the Bible. If you were to take your Bible and study it thematically from different themes that you find through the Scriptures, you would find that there is joy running all through the pages of the Scripture. Even when you study the Old Testament and you look at Jewish history and you look at the Jewish people, even to this day, you can find that God's people have always been a joyous people a festive people, a celebratory people. So I want to ask you on this Sunday before Christmas, are you living right now in the joy of the Lord? How many of you know there is a difference between happiness and joy? Happiness and joy is not the same thing. Psychology Today did a, 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 some research several years ago among 50,000 people uh, just searching about what people think about happiness. And here's what they found. They said in the people that were in a lower income category, they primarily said that what would make me happy were things like 
becoming rich, or winning the lottery. They said for people that already had money, already had means, it was interesting that they had the same desire. They only wanted more things, newer things, and nicer things. Can you come into agreement with me today that it sure seems like we struggle with knowing that the things of this world do not produce joy. The things of this world do not produce true happiness. They found that most people could not even define happiness, much less tell somebody else how to get it. One man responded, he was so mixed up about joy and happiness, he responded with a list of things, and he said, I think these things make me happy. Could you confirm yes or no? I think somebody needed to give him a gospel track, right? And tell him about Jesus because you will stay confused. You will stay frustrated if you're looking for joy and happiness from the things of this earth. Now, how do most people define happiness? Well, when you think about the word, the root word is hap, right? Hap or happening. We say things like, well, I had a mishap, all right? That means you had something that happened in the moment that wasn't just right. How many of you have found in 2020 that you've had one happening after another, all right? I mean, this has been the year of the happening, right? So in your life, think about it. You know Christ is your Lord and Savior. You're living your life. And it's like nonstop, we have to process emotionally the happenings of life. Sometimes it happens in your family, right? Things happen. Or it happens in your health, or, or maybe in your work. We've had people in our church this year that just all of a sudden found out, uh, out of nowhere, I don't, I don't have a job anymore. How about this? Sometimes you've got plans and dreams of things that you want to see happen. And then lo and behold, you have a mishap, all right? Or something happens that de derails your thoughts and your plans. What I, what I need you to see and, and I want to remind you of today is that, that our happiness, the happenings, the haps of this life, those things are horizontal. Those things are related to circumstances and related to people. How many of you found that people will let you down, right? Or people will disappoint you, or, 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 or sometimes you get news that just comes out of nowhere, and you go, man, I was happy just a minute ago. Well, here's the reality. True joy and happiness does not come from the horizontal. It only comes from the vertical. It only become, It only happens, true joy, true happiness can only be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I was uh, just reading in the, in, uh, the office this week, and, and dictionary.com is a friend of mine. Anybody out there like that? All right. I like going to dictionary.com and looking up words and so forth. And, and I like doing word studies in my uh, Logos Bible software. And so I, I drilled down a little bit on this word joy and what does it really mean. And, and I landed on one that I liked and I want to give it to you. The Lexham Bible Dictionary says that joy is closely related to gladness and happiness. Although Christian joy is more of a state of being than an emotion. It's the result of a choice. 
For the child of God, we choose joy. Having joy is part of the experience of being a Christian. Now, now let that kind of digest for just a minute in your heart and soul. Part of your Christian journey, one of the blessings, one of the perks of what you get to experience as a Christian is having joy. Because in this mixed up world, it's hard to have, right? It's hard to find. But once you know Christ, you get to experience that in your everyday lives. And, and you and I are gathered here in this room on the Sunday before Christmas, I think because we know that back through the centuries, our Christian joy is tied directly to that manger in Bethlehem. It's tied directly to the baby born in a manger. It's tied back to an announcement that I read about just a minute ago that came to the shepherds just outside of Bethlehem, and this announcement comes, and the wording is this. We have good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. Now, I'm going to get really, really simple for just a minute, all right? I want to talk to you about that three-letter word in verse number 10, that word joy, and I just want to use the simple acrostic that you've seen many times, Jesus, others, and you. Jesus, others, and you. And we see this very clearly in the Christmas story. Let's begin where we should, right? The Christmas story is about Jesus. The news arrives about a Savior. Look at your Bible there, verse number 10, verse number 11. There's going to be a child born in the city of David, and he's going to be our Savior, Christ the Lord. Now, I love this. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that 4D sonogram into Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, when we looked at the baby, the prophecy of the baby. Well, when we look into this sonogram, here's what we find. We find that the baby born will be our Savior. He will be our Deliverer. That's why Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 says that the virgin would bear a son. You will call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Why is God coming to be with us? He will save his people from their sins. So this baby born, he is Christ. He is the Messiah. He's the long-awaited anointed one. He is the Lord. He is the authority. He is the mighty God. This baby born in Bethlehem, Jesus Christ, is also the author and the hero of our joy. If what Barth said is correct, joy is a theme throughout the Bible, and we know that Jesus is the subject of the Bible, and we find him on every page, then we know that Jesus is the author and the hero of our joy. That is what Christmas joy is all about. It is joy in knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Let's just get really simple right now. And I want to ask you, do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior? You might be seated here today and you might be saying, Pastor Tim, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not feeling joy today. 
I'm not feeling joy-filled. Well, I'm going to guess if you're a Christian, that's going to be because you've had some bad happenings, okay? That you're going through some haps, all right? But as a Christian, we know that even in our haps, we can have joy. But if you're here today and you don't know Christ is your Lord and Savior, you've never acknowledged that you're a sinner, you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and confessed your sin and confessed Him as Lord, then I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you don't even know what joy is. Because joy only comes through Christ. And notice in the text, it says, this is great joy. It's not fleeting moments of happiness. Joy in Christ is eternal. It is a joy that will never go away. And so we learn that joy, we learn from Jesus that joy is not about self. It's not about self-centeredness. It's about knowing Him. It's not about what makes you happy. It's about knowing Christ. So joy is about Jesus. But something that's very closely tied to that, that I believe we learn in the Christmas story, is that joy is about others. It's about others. Now, we learn this from Christ in that Jesus, Jesus came to this earth for others. Now, yes, it was the Father's plan, and Jesus said uh, multiple times in His earthly ministry that I came to do the will of the Father. I came to be obedient and accomplish the Father's plan. But I want to point out for you in the Scripture that Jesus very clearly said, I came for you. I came for others. I didn't come for myself. I came for you. I was reading this week and I came across John chapter 10 and verse number 10. Look on the screen. This is Jesus speaking. He said, I came that they may have life and have it. Say that big word with me. Have it what? Abundantly. Now, what does abundantly mean? I like doing word studies again. And so I'm thinking, what is abundant? You know, I think abundance, I think this is what comes to my mind. Somebody that's bubbly, you know, abundantly. Man, I'm happy. I'm joy-filled. And I really got to drilling down on that word. And here's what I discovered. I discovered that word means to live beyond where you're at. To live beyond where you're at. Now let me pause here for just a second and say, that I will not be chasing the rabbit of the prosperity gospel, okay? That I don't believe that Jesus is saying there, I came so that you would be rich or that you would have a lot of money. No, I don't believe that's what Jesus is saying here. I believe what Jesus is saying here is that the birth announcement, we'll see this in a minute, it comes to the downtrodden. It comes to the, the down and out. It comes to the, the depressed. Christ came so that mankind would not have to live in darkness and not have to live in despair. Jesus said, I came so that you could live today beyond where you're at. Give me your best ears for just a minute. I believe that this message is a message the church needs to hear today. I'm talking about believers. That God wants you to live beyond where you're at. You know why I know that? I'll tell you why. Because I know people right now 
that are discouraged. I know people right now that are defeated. I know some that are dealing with fear, paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by anxiety, paralyzed by even depression. And I don't want to minimize that. Please hear me. I know there are some, some health issues that contribute to that. I, I have experienced that in my own life, so I don't want to minimize that at all. But I believe there is a spirit that is overtaking the body of Christ today that is a spirit of worry and fear. And if you're living in that life, there's no way you're living in the joy of the Lord. So here's what I believe. I believe God sent me here today to tell you or to remind you that Christmas joy is about Christ coming so that you and I, this is good if you'll let it bless you, so that you and I can live beyond where we're at. We've got plenty of things to be concerned about today. Can I get a witness? But the message of Christmas is Christ came to bring us joy even in the midst of our mess. We'll see this Thursday night at Christmas Eve. When the message of peace comes to the earth, there was no peace. When the message came to the shepherds here in the field of joy, the shepherds were the last people on the face of the earth that would have ever lived in joy. I want you to think about that for just a minute. The birth announcement does not arrive to royalty, to kingship, to the powerful. The message arrives to the shepherds. Are you kidding me? The powerful. The powerful. The respected of that day. You know what? They didn't want to hear one word a shepherd had to say. They despised the shepherds. And I think that's the beauty of the Gospel here in the book of Luke. And, and I want you to just uh, focus in on this for just a minute. I want you to think about the book of Luke in a bigger picture. When you think about Matthew, Matthew wrote from the perspective that Jesus is king. Mark wrote from the perspective that, that Jesus is the humble servant. John certainly clarified that Jesus is the God-man. He certainly emphasized his deity. But when you look in the book of Luke, Luke emphasizes the fact that he is the Son of Man. That Jesus came to us in his full humanity. That's what Christmas is about, right? 100% God, 100% man. We saw it a few weeks ago in our a study in the book of Hebrews that, that Christ came to this earth. Why did he come? He came so that he could relate to us so that he could understand our struggles. The Scripture says he was tempted in all points as we are, and yet without sin. Why did Christ come to us? The Scripture says he came so that he could relate to us. The beauty of the narratives in the book of Luke is that Jesus came and he picked out the ones who were outcast and downtrodden those that were depressed, lived in despair and darkness in society, and he changed their life around. I'll prove it to you. Luke chapter 8, ladies, you find Jesus in his group is Mary, Joanna, and Susanna, and many other women. That was unheard of in that day. He included the women into his public ministry. When Jesus went in Luke chapter 10, to Mary and Martha's house? Are you kidding me? 
That was unheard of in that day. Jesus changed the women from being treated as a possession to being something to be prized and loved. In Luke chapter 10, there's a man laying on the road on, uh, and, he's, and he's been beaten up and he's been robbed. And, and the Scripture says that the priest and the, the Levite walked around him and did not help him, but there was one who stopped. And it was a man from Samaria. Can you imagine when Jesus told that story to a Jewish audience and He made the Samaritan the hero of the story? They were gasping. You know what the Samaritans were? They lived as outcasts. They lived in darkness. They were mistreated. I could go on and on. Uh, the, The poor... Jesus came to change the situation for the poor. The children, the children were treated as a possession in that day. And in Luke chapter 9, Jesus took the kids and sat them up in His lap and said, unless you become like them, you will never inherit the kingdom of heaven. Jesus hung out with the tax collectors and the sinners who everyone despised. Jesus came, we see in the book of Luke, We read it in the text just a minute ago. This good news of great joy will be for all people. What does that mean to us today? It means that it's not only for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles, and that's us. Right? Man, somebody ought to get excited about this today. This is just amazing. And then you look at the birth announcement coming to the shepherds. Look at Isaiah 61.1. And I want you to think of this verse in the fulfillment of the Christmas story. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Is that not fulfilled in the ministry of Christ? And can you not see that in the Christmas story? The mission and the Talmud that date to around 200 there were some notes in there by the rabbis that said at the time of the birth of Christ that shepherds were completely banned from society. No one believed a word they had to say. If you think about it, the shepherds basically lived in isolation. They lived away from uh, the news. They weren't connected to the towns. They lived out in isolation and And they were referred to as the mines and the vines. You know what that meant? That meant if you saw a shepherd anywhere around you, get ready, he was going to steal something from you. What's yours is mine. I mean, they were known as thieves. Church, hear me. There was only one group in society that lived in greater darkness and isolation than the shepherds, and that were the lepers because they had a physical ailment. And yet, the announcement of the birth of Christ comes to the shepherds. You know what it just reminds me of today? That I too, I too was outcast. I too was living in darkness. I too was living in isolation. But just like the birth announcement came to the shepherds, I'm so thankful that the gospel came to me in my lost condition. That's the beauty of Christmas joy. Here are these shepherds out in the field, and most scholars say because of the radius of the city of of Jerusalem and the need for the animals 
to be sacrificed in the temple, these shepherds were very likely watching over sheep that would ultimately be sacrificed in the temple, which again gives us this beautiful picture of the Lamb of God who would be born in Bethlehem and ultimately be slain from the foundations of the world. I want you to notice in verse number 10, notice those two words, good news. You know what that word is there? The word is evangelizo. I'm not trying to impress you with Greek today, but it's mentioned 11 times in the Gospels, 10 times in the book of Luke. I'm sure you recognize an English word from that. It is our word for evangelism. Evangelism. The declaration here in verse number 10, the good news that is trumped by an angel who has now been passed on to you and I and to ministers of the gospel is that Christ has come. The message of Christmas joy that comes here in verse number 10 is a message that the world needs to convert to Christianity. The world needs to believe. The world needs to receive. And I love this. The good news is for everyone. Please hear me, church. As we walk out of here today and go to our routine this week and our Christmas festivities and activities and our work and so forth, I remind you today that a part of having Christmas joy is that you want to tell others how they can experience it. You want to tell others where they can find it. That you declare, I have found joy and I found it for Jesus Christ. So let me finish. Jesus, others. Jesus came for others. And then you. So let's personalize it for just a minute. And again, I, I know myself. I know my flesh. I know my emotions. I, I know my emotional roller coaster that I've been on this year. But let's just stop here for just a minute and let's just get really simple and really honest. And I want to ask you, have you been, have you been fighting for joy in your life? <laughs> fighting for joy. Tim, what do you mean fighting for joy? Well, Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this. He said, a Christian's joy needs looking after. <laughs> a Christian's joy needs looking after. Have you been looking after your joy? You say, Tim, are you kidding me? Have you not been watching the news? Yeah, unfortunately I have. Have you not heard about sick? Yeah, unfortunately, yep, I have. Have you not seen our country, the uphill? Yeah, 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 I've seen it. And you know what? If we choose to just get focused on that and feed on that all the time, I promise you, we will not live in joy. You know, one of the things I love about Philippians chapter 4, the joy chapter of the Bible that says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Isn't that an easy verse to quote and a hard verse to live? Can I get an amen right there? Always, always you want me to have joy always? That's why we know that Christmas joy is not about happenings. Christmas joy is about the state of our heart and mind in Christ. Have you thought about that the joy verse in the Bible 
is right in the middle of two women having a fuss at the church. Read your Bible, verses 1 through 3. Paul calls them out. He says, wait a minute now. We've got to get past this squabble. We know that it was not a doctrinal issue or Paul would have just thrown down and addressed it, right? He would have cleared that up really quick. I'm sure they were probably fussing over masks, vaccinations, and politics. I'm sure that's that's got to be it. Got to be it. It fits in the Christmas story 2020, right? It, it, it's obviously some secondary issue. And, and I just wonder today, how many of us as Christians are not living in the overflow because of secondary issues? The devil loves it. <laughs> because the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Man, he wants to rob us of our joy. And Spurgeon said, you got to look after it. You gotta, I'm telling you, you got to look after it. Your joy needs attention. And I pray today that all of us will give attention to the joy of the Lord. Christmas joy. It won't be horizontal. It'll only be vertical. Let me close with one more Spurgeon, Kenna. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, a Christian's joy lies Primarily in revealed things. Can we just celebrate for just a minute? If you're a Christian today, can we just celebrate for just a minute as we get ready for communion? That our eyes have been opened to who Jesus is. There's so many people out there today that are searching. They're searching. They're trying the things of this world, but but there's a lot of people who are mixing in a little bit of religion. And they're studying the stars, and and they're studying ancient religions, and and they're out there, and they're on a a mission to find joy. Can we just stop for just a minute today and praise God that you and I have found joy in Jesus? It has been revealed to us. And we look back at the revelation in the manger of the baby, the God-man that came to us, and the revelation of the ascension and knowing that He's now seated at the right hand of the Father, and the revelation to us that there is more to life than what happens here, that there is an eternity. And you and I now, next Sunday, I'm going to preach on the second coming of Christ. I hope you'll be here next week. We're going to look at that second advent. You and I are living in revelation that we know the worst thing that could happen to us is that we wake up in the presence of the Lord. And in this crazy mixed up world, there's coming a moment. It's been revealed to us in the Scriptures that the trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ will rise first. And then we which are alive and remain will be called up together to meet the Lord in the clouds and we will ever be with the Lord. Christmas joy is in revealed things. But I know my Redeemer lives and that He's coming again to carry us out of here.